0: Following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome in to this Tuesday edition of Main Street Sports Today on the program. The lovely Teresa Walker, Tennessee AP Sports Editor. Talking a little Grizzlies, a little Predators all season. A little Titans conversation as well. She covers it all. Exciting stuff. Chip Walter's Blue Raider Network, his weekly visit. We'll see what's happening in Blue Raider land. Also, our daily Braves talk. This day in Braves history. And it's Top 5 Tuesday. And as always... Got a good one for you now. To the Hall of Famer Mo Padden and the Sundrop Kid from Alabama, Chris Yao, happy Tuesday! Welcome into Main Street Sports today.
1: Mo, well, he, pull, he, he pulled out the Steve Harvey. There he did. We got a good one for you today. Got a yeah. Good one. Can, can we just get Steve Harvey's voice doing that? <laughs> and as always, we got a good one for you today, as long as we don't have to pay for it. <laughs> exactly, you're here. Oh, welcome in. It is a top five Tuesday edition of Main Street Sports Day, and we are glad to have you guys with us. It is going to be a fantastic day. Got a great show lined up for you, and we're looking forward to uh, taking part in today's show. Our top story, Mo, comes from the opening pitch of the day, and that's a pitch like an a verb. Not the, no, no, not, the not pitch the with a crown in no, it. No, crowns. <laughs> no crowns. But the Tennessee Baseball Coaches Association announced uh, just not too long ago. Matter of fact, I believe it was uh, about two hours ago the 2022 finalists for Mr. Baseball. And not a lot of Main Street flavor in there, but we got a few. Leo Monas. In Class A out of Eagleville High School, we've got Nathan Brewer, fantastic player.
2: Son, I believe, of former MTSU standout Mudcat Brewer. Oh, Mudcat. Of course he is.
0: Mudcat. <laughs> if Sir. Speaking of names. cat. Nathan,
1: Nathan seems like a very... Sad name. Compared compared to to, Muscat. Cat? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But he is joined by Gordonsville High School's Austin Duchrist, Cell Creek's Jacob Elrod, Jacob with a K. Jacob. (laughs) Yeah, Jacob. Uh, Pigeon Forge with a pair of finalists in Class AA, Riley Franklin and Dylan Loy. They must be pretty good. Uh, it's Pigeon Forge, man. What are you going to do? Right. Uh, And and we'll go all. You're going to play baseball and you're going to wrestle. And that's it. Yeah. And and stay off the Ferris wheels. (laughs) (laughs) Then we'll go all the way west to Adamsville where Carson Plunk will join the Pigeon Forge. Carson Plunk? Plunk. Yeah. I hope he's on a pitcher. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. And AAA, Hardin County with a pair as well. Down in Savannah. Whoa. Yeah. Hardin County's got two and Adamsville's got one. I know. How right. are they doing down there? All right. Cooper Clapp and Seth Garner <laughs> of Hardin County. And uh, they're joined by Granger's. It is Granger, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. It is. Like the tools. Just making sure. Brady Smith of Granger. And is that for the ones that get it done? Is that? Is that Seth? <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Boys came out swinging today. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> okay, so well, they have listed the four A's.
2: Well, they didn't get the, the memo, the style memo um, that we got.
1: But apparently, Class Four A or Class Quadruple A. A A. Yeah, however you want to say it. Jefferson County's Tanner Franklin, Science Hills Cole Torbit, and Mount Juliet's Justin Lee. Okay. And for Division II, Class A, it's Turner Junkins. I hope he's a pitcher, too. And I hope he throws nothing but breaking balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of Silverdale Baptist, DJ Merriweather from Clarksville Academy and Carson Rucker of Good Pasture. DJ Merriweather. Yeah. That dude does it all. He really does. <laughs> and and does it all well, yeah, apparently. Because we've been hearing that name all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, from August. Is, is he the one who who had, like, 37 touchdowns in one game. Something like that. <laughs> it felt like anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in D2 AA, Baylor's Henry Godbout, Godbout, G-O-D-B-O-U-T, but one word, so I don't know how you I say it. Godbout. Could be. Could be. A little little k on. It, it, it's very possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, this may be my favorite name of the group, Pope John Paul or Pope Preps, Chet Lacks. Chet. Lax like Chet like Atkins and then lacks like lacrosse Chet lacks. <laughs> I like it. Mm. Uh, you know he's much like me who has the two with Chris Yao. It's it's two names, one syllable each. It's just one name. Chet lacks. It's Chet lacks. Yeah, he he does not. He go by Chet. There's no <laughs> no doubt. And Knoxville Catholics Daniel Paris uh, finishes out. Mr. Baseball Finalist. So congratulations to those young men. And
2: Now those will be presented on Tuesday morning,
1: is that right? Usually like, what, Tuesday? 8 o'clock? 9, nine o- o'clock?
2: Not quite that
1: early, but yeah. It, feels, it felt like it last time because we had to get there early to set up for our show because <laughs> we were doing the 9 o'clock show last year.
2: Well, no more representation than we have. I guess we
1: don't have to worry with that this time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, those will be given out Tuesday morning prior to uh, spring fling. spring fling starting, which spring fling is next week. That's that's nuts. Mm. High school sports season winding down, almost over. That's Where, wild. Where's where's that applause button? Again? <laughs> I do it for the applause. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Matter of fact, I I believe we're going to have a a special show for you guys from. Two o'clock, uh, starting at two o'clock next may, week. May, so maybe we should. We're just going to tease that for now. Uh, we're hoping to have a Small special tease. show for you guys. So keep an eye out, bolo, for what's coming. <laughs> huh? Yes, bolo. I'm just, you know, saving my 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 words. I got you. <laughs> but we'll uh, we'll have something next week, and it'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. So. Keep an eye out for that. JP? Yes, sir. There were a lot of teams yesterday whose seasons came to a close. Yeah, it was
0: elimination last night, right?
1: Last night was the first of two eliminations prior to uh, spring fling. Everybody who won last night will play Friday. Whether they play at home or on the road, they'll determine tomorrow night. So, let's get yesterday's results. And today's pretty lengthy soccer schedule on The Rundown.
0: The Rundown. Let's do it. This is your Tuesday Rundown brought to you by Jim Davis at Grow GrowLiveGive. Visit them at growlivegive.com or give them a call at 615-682-0022. Securities offered through IIP Securities, LLC, DBA, Independent Financial Partners, IIP Member, FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through IP Advisors, LLC, DBA, Independent Financial Partners, Registered Investment Advisor. IAP and GrowLiveGive are not affiliated. All right. Uh, as Chris mentioned, elimination round of baseball and softball. We'll start with baseball last night. Ravenwood knocks out Brentwood in the Battle of the Woods, 4-3 to the final there. Mm. Ravenwood moves on. Eagleville easily handling Kolyoka last night, 20-2. It was Community taking out East Nashville, 19-2. East Robertson, 4-1 over Clay County. Uh, it was uh, Forrest – uh, last night, uh, getting the win over Stratford twenty to one. Gordonsville shutting out Joe Burns nine to nothing. Greenbrier took care of Martin Luther King twelve to one. Lebanon season comes to a close as they fall to Hendersonville eight to one. How about this one? Henry County over Clarksville one to nothing in an elimination game. Know that That's, had to be excited. That is tough for Clarksville. Yeah, Man. hard one to to take. Loretto advances. They win six to three over Fairview. It was Mount Juliet. over Beach last night, so uh, Beach season comes to an end. Montgomery Central 6-5 over Murfreesboro Central Magnet. Moore County in a tight one with Richland 5-3. Moore County gets the win and advances. Rossview advances over Dixon County 11-4. Stewart's Creek in a tight one in Rutherford County over Rockvale 5-4, the final there. Centennial 7-3 over Summit. Upperman 7-2 over Page Watertown easily handling Sequatchie County, ten to nothing, and a tight one. Uh, White House Heritage nine to eight over Giles County, so the Bobcat season comes to an end. Softball, same concept here in elimination Second, round. First, same as same the first. as the first. That's right. Bledsoe County nine two. They knock out Watertown last night. Creekwood. Ends the season for Hume Fogg with a 12-1 victory. Clarksville, 6-1 over Dixon County. Community, oh. not a typo here, 31 <laughs> to nothing over East Nashville. So, community will advance. Father Ryan, 12-7 over Harpeth Hall. Forest shutting out White's Creek last night, 16-0. Summit shuts out Franklin, 7-0 ending the Admirals season. Gordonsville, 4-1 over East Robertson. Loretto advances with an 8-1 win over Cheatham County. It was Montgomery Central three nothing over Murfreesboro Central Magnet. So, shocker
1: of the day, shocker of the
0: day. Um, so Montgomery Central, not both that in, one, the next one in baseball and softball get the win over Murfreesboro Central Magnet. Chris alluded to Centennial four, Nolensville one. Hey,
2: hey, hey, hey! That is a shocker. C C C
1: H S. How about them
2: in How the
0: house,
1: about them Cougars?
0: All right. Stewart's Creek, 3-1 winners over Siegel last night. Uh, Henry County and Springfield in a tight one. It's Springfield moving on. 4-3 winners last night in a tight one there. Wilson Central, also a close one. 3-1 over Station Camp. Summertown shuts out Harpeth Hall. They advance 8-0 there. Eagleville, 5-0 over Wayne County. And it was Westmoreland, 2-0 over Monterey. On the pitch last night, was this elimination as well?
1: I, I, I'm not, I don't think so. Say so what now? On
2: there, the
0: pitch today? No, tomorrow. Last night.
1: Last night, Laverne and Siegel played, I think, in their district. If if it was on the mm. unless it, unless it was tonight, I I don't know what that significance of that game last night was, of the match last night.
0: Either way, Laverne wins five to two over Siegel. So Laverne, um, there you go. We know it's, Laverne. It's either play. a
2: district championship or a region semifinal. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, last night, the Braves fall to the Brewers one to nothing. Uh, On tap for today, uh, softball. Is this a holdover from last night? I think so. Okay. Rockville and Smyrna, an elimination uh, game. That'll be a 6-30 uh, first pitch there tonight. Soccer, a slew of games on the pitch today. Hang
1: on,
2: there's one other softball game hanging okay. out there as well. Marshall County goes to White County oh, okay. today.
0: Okay, all right. At that, uh, I'm assuming the same scenario. Of yeah,
2: it's a region semifinal region that Sem- didn't get played. I think that's somebody was graduating last night. That's
0: a Monday graduation. There we yeah. go. Um, all right. Uh, so on tap for today, boys soccer on the pitch. Station camp uh, is at Antioch. Page at Fairview. Uh, that will be a 7 o'clock first touch at 6. Franklin hosts Columbia. At 7, you'll see Franklin at Harpeth. Fayetteville. Uh Fayetteville, excuse me. Fayetteville at Harpeth. Uh, Hillsborough's at Hendersonville. Henry County will host Clarksville Northeast. At 7 to 9, you'll see Brentwood at Independence. Uh, Loretto travels to Madison. Academic Magnet. Uh, that's out of Jackson, is that right?
2: Madison Academic?
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. Sycamore, uh, Murfreesboro Central Magnet will face off today. Smyrna at Oakland tonight at seven. At six, Richland hosts Republic. Dixon County is at Rossview. Smith County at STEM Academy at six. You'll see Greenbrier at Valor Collegiate. Uh, Merrill Hyde is at Watertown and Greenhill at White House Heritage. All of those soccer matches today. College baseball, midweek action, Tennessee. Hosting Belmont at 5 o'clock on SEC. Plus. And at 6 tonight, at uh, I'm assuming at the Hawk, it'll be Vanderbilt hosting MTSU. We'll get uh, Chip's take on uh, this uh, game coming up in our second half. The Braves continue their series in the Brew City of Milwaukee against the Brewers. Davidson on the mound for the Bravos and Hauser for Milwaukee. And that is your Tuesday Rundown brought to you by Jim Davis, grow, live, give.com.
1: We'll come back. We'll have Teresa Walker. So come on back with us on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, back after this. 388 5731 and schedule your tour today.
0: Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes. That'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously. Yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com.
1: Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our orthoquick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Chris Yao, Mo Patton, JP Plant here with you coming to you live from Columbia all across the Mid-State on Main Street media platforms everywhere glad to have you guys with us and looking forward to our next segment because it's always fun to follow up on Twitter wars with Teresa. And so <laughs> Teresa with was I, in a Twitter uh, war? With me. And we Oh Lord. We were discussing the Grizzlies 70 rebounds. <laughs> oh. And uh I said they got out efforted. And I said you that said yesterday that on this show. You did. You did. And and I still believe that they did. I didn't say that they didn't give effort. give effort. I just think that maybe there was some effort extra on the experienced side. And, and Teresa actually won me over to her argument. What was with, her argument? Uh, her argument was that the Golden state warriors have been there. They've done that and they know how to do it better. <laughs> and that's a pretty darn good argument.
2: That's a tough <laughs> argument to argue against. Actually. So, so I don't
1: know what you do at that point. You just say, you know what? Hey, you're, you're right. You nailed it, Teresa. I yeah. agree with you. And yeah. so, Teresa, how are you? Uh, Bask in your glory today.
3: <laughs> well, I'm never ever wrong. I mean, huh? There's that. that? I'm concerned too about that. There's, um, it's also
1: hard to argue against Teresa because she is never in fact wrong. Never wrong. <laughs> yeah.
3: So there you go. Pretty much. But but th- that's the thing. The, the Golden State Warriors, you know, they're older. And as Dylan Brooks said Friday night, we're common and, th- and they will. And this is. These are the kind of battles the Warriors went through in Mm 2013-14. And when they were down 2-1 against the Memphis Grizzlies in 2015, against the Grizzlies team, Mike Conley was still dealing with the fact that his face was broken, the series before. Um, You know, that's when they kind of broke through and made their charge to their first title. They've been to five straight finals, okay? Uh, I know that in 2016, they blew a 3-1 lead was wondering if they just might blow a 3-1 lead in this last series. But, you know, they, they do have a core. Draymond Green, Steph, Clay Thompson, that while they're working in a bunch of young guys, those three guys pretty good and pretty good at knowing how to kind of finish. And that was such a tight game Friday night. I mean, you know, Grizzlies had a lead. Then the Warriors would come back. Grizzlies took it back. I mean, you know, it was like at one point there was 13 lead changes and seven ties and you know they were fighting it's just that stephen adams rolled an ankle Mm -hmm. in the first half went to the locker room jaron jackson jr stepped on a cameraman in the first quarter who got out of the box rolled his ankle and then guys who have been good rebounders for them uh you know jaron jackson brandon clark has just been i mean he had been he was a huge key for much of this postseason you know averaging double doubles off the bench and he struggled And that's the thing, you know, they just kind of hit their wall. I mean, they were playing their third straight game without the NBA's most improved player, the guy who finished seventh in the NBA MVP voting Mm -hmm. uh, after I'd had people telling me much of the season, no, he's not in the conversation. Yeah, he's in the conversation. Uh, He finished ahead of Seth Curry and LeBron James. I think he's in the conversation now. So, you know, they kind of hit their wall of what they could do. Uh, without their top star and, you know, they're going to learn from this. I mean, uh, you know, I was on the Zoom after game six on Friday night and, you know, they, they had their clean out media session on Sunday. And the words that came from just about everybody, we love being here together. Oh, yeah, the management, the owner, uh, whose uh, personal wealth has just absolutely exploded since he bought this team. A few years ago, is determined to pay what it takes to financially keep this team together. John Morant is going to be—he can get a five-year max contract uh, before June 30th, and the GM kind of said, "Whatever the NBA rules say, I can do. I'm going to do it." So, and and oh yeah, Ja, you know, where does he want to? be? Does he want to be anywhere other than Memphis, or you know, or does he want to be in Memphis? To rephrase that, he kind of said, "Heck yeah," not the exact word he said there before, yeah, but. I mean, and, you know, they're all working. They all couldn't wait to get back in the gym. Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, they have to work harder to get their bodies ready for a longer postseason on top of an 82-game season. So, you know, they saw firsthand what they've got to do to get there. And I I just say this, guys, I think that this is a massive learning point. This franchise just got in the playoffs last year missed the playoffs the year before in the bubble in Orlando this year in their third year with John Morant and this young core the second youngest team in the NBA during the regular season youngest team in 25 years to make it to the second round and they've got an offseason now to work on this and take the next step and, and and here's the thing if they had finished off Golden State not only would they have home court in the western finals because Phoenix took the tailpipe on sunday uh they would have had home court advantage in the finals because they had a better record than boston or miami so you know they sit around that's got to eat at them a little bit knowing how close they were and guys john morant missed 25 games during the regular season so yeah he has to play more games dylan brooks missed huge chunks of the season i think he only played 32 games he had just come back in January, hurt another ankle, and you know just come back in, in, in March. So if this team can get this team healthy to play the majority of the season together, watch out.
2: You know, Teresa, as you talk about all of that and you talk about how young this team is, and there's no way around it, this is a young team. Um, while the Grizzlies owner is breaking the bank, For Ja, might he want to turn his couch upside down and shake out some coins to get a veteran Robin for Ja as Batman?
3: Well, that has kind of been – here's the thing. I think they may have him already on their roster. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, look at Desmond Bain. The kid went from averaging 8.2 points a game in his rookie year to uh, uh, 19 points his second season. Has led the NBA in three-point percentage over these two seasons. Uh, I mean, we're talking the whole league, okay? He just became the third player in NBA history to hit at least seven threes in back-to-back games. Uh, you know, it, it depends on what you're thinking of as a Robin. I mean, Tys Jones. You know, that that team is really effective when they go with both of them on the court. That frees up Jaw to be more of a creator uh, and, and, and scorer. Than distributing the ball, which he is incredibly good at. Tyus Jones is going to be a free agent this year. That's a guy that, you know, that they're going to have to think very close about as to how much do they try, how much do they offer to try to keep him on this team. And if he, they do lose him, then they've got to go replace that guy. It's almost like this is a team that just needs to grow together and get better. I mean, you know, the, the addition of Stephen Adams really opened up, I think, this offense. Far more than, you know, they, they got rid of Jonas Valanciunas, another big guy, double-double machine, but, you know, he just couldn't do some of the things that Steven Adams does. I mean, he's, it, for a big Kiwi, I mean, it's amazing what he can do distributing the ball around the paint and score and rebound himself. So, you know, yeah, there's going to be a couple pieces. I mean, Zach Kleeman, the GM, named the NBA Executive of the Year last week. Uh, he was making so many moves last year, it was dizzying, in, in fact. I mean, Patrick Beverly who got such attention yesterday for his criticism of Chris Paul was briefly a Grizzly last August, about 36 years. Uh, you know, there was trades to hear. I mean, you know, Rajon Rondo was briefly a Grizzly for a brief moment. I mean, it's just. Well, and thank he goodness insane. he's not
2: right now with what he's dealing with, by the way. Say that again? I said, thank goodness Ray John Rondo is not a Grizzly right now with the off-court situation yeah. that he's got going on um
3: i'm very glad that he's not a grizzly so i mean I, i'm expecting him to make moves i did not expect the move last year to move up to number 10 and take zaire williams and that kid just the light slipped on for him in in february and he was making big shots against the warriors and defending seth curry at times uh, and doing a good job of that so uh, i'm just curious to see what all they do do this season because That's the thing. They understand what they've got—that they've got a wide-open window with a young team, and that they can be the Golden State Warriors of this decade. And that's why I I, can't—I'm resting up now because, guys, I I am expected to be very busy deep, deep into May next year.
2: I guess Teresa, my thing is, again, as you talk about all of the issues that they had that were youth-related, if there's not a veteran presence that couldn't help with that learning curve as far as that goes, or like you said, maybe they just grow through it and go through it.
3: Well, that's the thing. I I think that's something that they're going to have to decide. There was not a single player on that roster who made a single point for them this season, who was 30 or older. So, you know, this young crew, They're confident. I mean, it's like, you know, I think I've said it before. They don't know what they're not supposed to do. They just want to go win, and they are willing to go work. I mean, Desmond Bain said he's going to drag Zaire Williams with him to the gym this summer, you know, to work on his shot and to help him improve. Uh, And and actually, Bain has a former TCU uh, teammate, Kendrick Davis, who, you know, transferred to Memphis. So they're going to be working out together. So that's the interesting thing that, uh, you know, that they have to decide. I mean, I, they seem to understand what they need to do. I mean, they, you know, posted comebacks all throughout, you know, the, 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 the comebacks in the uh, first round against Minnesota. They did that all year. Uh, being able to blow out teams, you know, and win by big margins. They did that. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what, you know, somebody with experience could bring to this roster, uh, you know, and help point the way. Now, if you're talking about, you know, maybe Brawny. James and LeBron, wherever to come up to Memphis, you know, that. all, you know, that's a conversation of a different matter, but you know, we're going to have to just wait and see how that goes.
1: Teresa, I want to, I want to switch gears real quick and talk about trailing Burks who signed his rookie deal today. We get four years of Burks for what it would have cost 10 games of, a, of AJ Brown. So that's a pretty good deal, right?
3: uh yeah and i actually i saw some charts uh that rated the titans as managing their cap space being in fairly good cap space uh you know that's the thing that helps them you know now the question is can Traylon burks help replace him on the field and you know that's that's the one you know for everybody who were upset about aj brown they now have uh you know a a young wide receiver and cost certainty, so to speak for the next 5 years, because, you know, him being a 1st round pick, unlike AJ Brown, you can pick up that 5th year option. Like they did with Jeffrey Simmons a couple weeks ago to buy yourself more time to get to the extension stage and and, and control that that money a a bit. So why is that important? Well, you know, Jeffrey Simmons is going to be wanting an extension soon. So, and we don't know what's going to happen in the next two years with the quarterback spot. So, getting some savings under the salary cap always a good thing.
1: Yeah, no question there. I'm excited to see uh, the rest of this this salary cap because the the Titans were certainly in a precarious situation before this season. But it certainly seems like John Robinson has kind of dug himself out of that hole, and and that's that's important not just for this year, but for, for many years going forward, because again, you got to pay Jeffrey Simmons at some point. I just hope
2: that the past years, because again, as I pointed out on this show some time ago, AJ Brown's trade wasn't just an AJ Brown thing. It was an accumulation of things prior Mm -hmm. to AJ Brown. And so hopefully once John Robinson works himself out of bad contract jail, he can figure a way to stay out.
3: Well, and guys, sometimes that happens when you're trying to, you know, when you, when you try, they got so cheap with Ryan Tannehill, right? Uh, in 2019, but then they had to pay up with the new deal. They had to pay up for Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, that's the, the curse almost of drafting a bunch of good players. You know, you either sign them or, or they go elsewhere. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's never, ever easy. The salary cap will be going up uh and, and you know what we have seen is that within Marino and John Robinson they've done a pretty good job of, of managing that that cap number. right now uh the Titans are you know by spotrack.com they're 29th in the league with 1.94 million in, in space. Now once we get to June 1st in a couple weeks, that will go up because you get the benefit of having you know the the release of uh, Julio Jones as a post June 1, cap hit. I think they get like $9 million back for that. So that'll certainly jump them back up the board. So, you know, it's, it's all about managing and what this franchise has done since the bloodletting of two, January, uh, February, 2004 is do a pretty good job of doing just that, managing the cap.
1: And that's, uh, that is, you know, the most important thing in the NFL is finding a way to keep your best players and yet, have enough role players good enough to win football games. And John Robinson has been pretty good at that over the last few years. I mean, so let's give him, uh, let's give him credit for that for sure. Teresa Walker, of the Associated Press here with us before we let you go, Teresa, want to just get your final thoughts on uh, the Nashville predators and where they go from here. Uh, we talked with, couple of different folks last week, Christopher Martell and Pete Weber, who both say that this, this franchise as a whole is in a pretty good spot as long as they can keep the core that's currently there together and build with young talent.
3: Yeah, that seems so, but they do have decisions to make. I mean, John Hines, you know, the team has an option, but his contract's up. So, and if you pick up that one year option, guess what? You're not picking up just the year you have to do an extension. So uh david poyle is 72 will be 73 in february is this is this the time to do a quick reset and you know look at you know what they can do what they have done and what they could maybe do differently so um somebody pointed out on twitter earlier today that you know it seems like it's the longest since uh, a season ended that we haven't heard from david Poyle. that's because a lot of decisions are being made so and and where does this franchise need to go i mean you know, coming off of the incredible season, Roman Yossi, Norris Trophy candidate, best scoring season by a defenseman in 29 years, uh, two 44 scorers for a franchise that hadn't had a, a, a goal scorer top 34 before this season. Uh, you know, Tanner and you know, leading all rookies in goals. And then, oh yeah, your, your, your goaltender in his first true year without Pekka Rene now being retired is a Vezina finalist. So, so much went right and then at the end they were just so exhausted and it's like i would argue that the aggressive identity that they built with john Hines took a toll they they led the league by far in fighting majors penalties penalties per minute and when you play that physical aggressive style it takes a toll and i think we saw that in april because it's almost like a a switch flip you know the team that was thumping people and scoring six and seven goals a game in march you know, we're, we're scrapping for goals in, in April and simply ran out of steam in, in being swept in the post playoffs. So uh, very curious to see what those next steps are for the Nashville Predators. Hopefully there's a lot of introspection because, uh, trust me, you know, if they think that they got picked apart for being swept, just wait, if, you know, depending on what happens with next season or if they don't get a deal down with Philip Forsberg.
1: There you go. Teresa Walker. Associated Press, Teresa, as always, we appreciate it. Thank you so much.
3: My pleasure. Thank you, guys.
1: Glad we were able to get her on this time. It was, it was a, a rough go last week, but that's why we went a little bit over. Got extra, an extra five minutes out of her. So actually eight minutes, I guess. JP, let's take a quick break and come back with more. We'll just kind of react to a little bit and, and, and add on to what Teresa had to say because mm-hmm. there, there's some things that, some nuggets in there that we need to maybe expound upon, mm-hmm. So we'll be back on Main Street Sports today presented by Mid Tennessee bond and Join after this. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Born and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, JP on the controls, coming to you from cool Columbia, down here in southern middle Tennessee. Got a, got a few little nuggets from Teresa in that, and uh, Mo, I'm with you. I, I think there's got to be some sort of upgrade in the veteran department. Yeah, I just, Memphis. I, I just I don't think, think there's
2: can... too many young guys, and not to take anything away from them, I mean, they're they're young and talented, but they're young, and they might just need somebody that's not a coach to maybe give them a little
1: veteran leadership. So I will tell you, part of the discussion that I had, uh, it was actually on a Joe Rexroad tweet that Teresa uh, jumped in on, and. Basically, that's what I said. I said, you know, maybe there needs to be an upgrade in the experience department. And she said, "Well, Taylor Jenkins was a finalist for Coach of the Year, one Coach of the Year, something like that." So I'm not necessarily talking about Taylor Jenkins. No, I'm talking I mean, about an on-court coach, on-court um, somebody that can
2: just. I don't want to say that these guys aren't working hard. I don't want to say they're not working the right way. I'm just saying that a veteran who has been there, done that to some degree, watching someone like that go about their business might have a positive impact on this young, talented Grizzlies roster. Well, it's
1: much like I've, I had been saying with, you know, like losing Nick Markakis, I thought was out of young Harris <laughs> professional hitter, Nick Markakis out of young Harris. I, <laughs> I, I thought that that you know that he was a guy who did that for the Braves. You know, mm-hmm. I think losing Freddie Freeman's experience hurt the Braves. I, okay, who's the leader on the team? That's why we we had this discussion the other day. There's not a clear veteran leadership on the team. That's and and, and it's clear that it can be an issue for young. Talented ball players. I'm not saying that it is for the Braves. I'm saying that it could be. I'm, I see. I see in a
2: general. That's what I'm saying. I see in a general
1: statement like that it can. Travis Darno is the guy that you would probably look for to fill that role, that void, particularly from the catcher position after Freddie Freeman. Yeah, but he's only been in the organization for a short period of time. So, it, can it not can it not be Ozzy? I think I mean, Ozzy is the, taking that role. Uh, After what I saw with Marcelo Zuna mm-hmm, when he got yelled when he yelled at him mm-hmm. on the base pass, I think Mar. I think Ozzy is taking that role, and that's great. But at the beginning of the year, I don't know that anybody held that role.
2: And so, Probably, well, at the beginning of the year, everybody's I,
1: still confused. Every,
2: yeah, I mean <laughs> be, because Freddie had just left. <laughs> yeah, and. It's like uh, and now and, what? And everybody expected him to be back. Right. Let's, let's let's
1: be real. Yeah. So uh, the, the the Grizzlies need to make a move early in the off season that, that so gets, that everybody can settle they in. They can settle in the and and go through the off season watching Knowing. somebody doing their business. Mm-hmm. This is how I take uh, this is how I take on the off season. Mm-hmm. Because you have to do it this way to be successful in the postseason. At the National Basketball Association level, and and a point that Teresa made, this team is so young, they're not used to playing this deep, right? I I do think you know I think having to go deep into that first round playoff series hurt. You know, had they gotten out of there in five, it probably would have been a little Man, bit. And I'm gonna tell you easier. something.
2: I'm not sure even if they had had the home court advantage against Dallas. That it would have worked in their favor the way Dallas is
1: playing right now. Well, not just that, but you know when we talked about them through that January February run, Dallas was the one team that beat they them, and beat them beating. twice.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so even when they were rolling,
1: yeah, yeah. So at that point, you go, okay, Dallas is probably the the favorite here throughout the rest of the and playoffs. I
2: think, I think <laughs> newsflash. I think Luka's a bad matchup for
1: Memphis. Yeah, I, well, he's a bad matchup for everybody. Luca's a bad matchup. Matter of fact, <laughs> I saw I saw a tweet or a stat from Luca that Luca had, uh, gosh, I wish more points than, than Steph, more assists than Chris Paul and more rebounds than some other pretty big time rebounder throughout the playoffs. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, okay. So he's the best player in the league. Gotcha. (laughs) He didn't win MVP though. So I mean, there's that, but yeah. So, And the same thing with the Predators, you know, the Predators have, if you don't keep Matt Duchesne and Philip Forsberg together, you know, one of uh, whoever's left, I mean, Duchesne would have to take over that role. You've got Yossi and Johansson, but they've got to have somebody to help bring along those young stars who are coming up from the AHL and, and also the guys who are, on their team. And and
2: much similar to the Grizzly situation. UC Soros, this is his first year as a starter, right. and he plays more games than any other starting
1: goalie. Uh did he get burned? I I, I mean you have to think that the groin was probably at least somewhat an, an overuse an, an overuse injury. I mean it's very possible. Yeah. So anyway, let's take a break. We'll come back with halftime. Trust me, you're going to want to stick around for this story. It is ridiculous. This story, but we have a halftime snack. This so. story
2: had better be good. Oh, it, with, it is. Okay.
1: All right. So let's see so – y'all stick around. Main Street Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bonnie Joint. We'll be back after this.